Welcome to How to Eat Less Water, the podcast for anyone who's concerned about the state of our environment and wants to live more sustainably, but is short on either time, money, ideas, or all three. I'm your host, Florencia Ramirez, author of the award-winning book, Eat Less Water, and a kitchen activist. Every Monday and Wednesday, I share bite-sized action steps anyone can implement in their kitchen. Why the kitchen? The average person eats between 500 to 1,300 gallons of virtual water every day. Our food is the best place to turn our hope for a better environment into action. Want to receive 10 tips to eat less water for your summer parties? Go to eatlesswater.com to download the free list. Now, let's dig in and grow well-being together. Welcome to the How to Eat Less Water podcast. I'm your host, Florencia Ramirez. This podcast is sponsored by the Eat Less Water shop. If you haven't had an opportunity to check it out, please do. I curate products that are designed to grow well-being on this planet for your kitchen. You can find it at eatlesswater.com. Today's episode is about milk. Consider this. One glass of milk requires 45 gallons of fresh water, and one gallon of milk requires 720 gallons of water. Now, Imagine you're at the grocery store in the milk section. You have many choices from organic to non-organic and non-dairy alternatives. Which do you reach for? Whether you are drinking milk from dairy cows or the dairy alternative like soy, almond, oat, the action tip for today's episode is to reach for the organic option always. And even better to reach for the organic option that comes from small-scale dairy farms like one of my favorite brands, Organic Valley. Right before this episode, I looked up what it costs for a half gallon, which is 64 ounces, of conventional or non-organic milk and the organic variety, specifically Organic Valley. The price difference was $2. The organic milk was listed as $2 more and the difference in price between the conventional milk and the organic soy milk is 75 cents. What you gain in that 75 cents to $2 more that you pay for organic milk is huge. At the individual level, paying the extra money means your glass of milk will not contain trace chemicals from pesticides nor will you be drinking down growth hormones or antibiotics because both practices are restricted in organic certified food. But why does that matter? So let's examine briefly just growth hormones. I'm not going to touch antibiotics here, but I will talk about that in a future episode. 90% of all growth hormones are discharged by livestock on a dairy farm in the U.S., Growth hormones, also called RBST or RBGH, were developed by Monsanto to boost milk production. So if your milk or dairy product is not certified organic 
or doesn't say something like, you know, milk from these cows are not treated with RBGH that you sometimes see like on a milk carton or I often will see it on a carton of ice cream. Then it's safe to say that that dairy product contains it. So more studies are coming out cataloging the human toll of growth hormones from dairy on our human health. And I link one of these studies in the resource section of my show notes. But as I've said before, if it's not good for our bodies, it's not good for a river. And one example of this, and there's many, but one example I'm going to spend a few beats on is gender bending of fish. So scientists found hormone tainted water is linked to the development of egg cells in the testes or growth of female reproductive ducts in male fish. So this feminization or gender bending of fish hinders the ability for fish populations to reproduce for obvious reasons. So this places further downward pressure on already stressed fish populations. It's, it's also a good reminder of how everything is connected, right? Here we pick up a, a carton of milk at the grocery store, and it's connected to fish populations in a river or stream somewhere. Everything is connected to so many other things that are either causing positive things to occur or negative things to occur, right? So the U.S. Geological Survey found gender bending in every lake, stream, river tested, except for the Alaska's Yukon. And Alaska also happens to only have five dairies statewide. So your organic carton of milk will most likely come from a small dairy because 87% of organic dairy farms have fewer than 100 cows. So these smaller herd sizes naturally lend themselves to be pasture-raised dairy operations. But the modern dairy cow producing the milk in the cartons and plastic jugs of conventional milk brands, the one that is $2 cheaper than the organic variety and 75 cents cheaper than a non-dairy organic alternative, is likely from a large dairy defined as a herd of 3,000 cows or more. These large dairies are also called concentrated animal feeding operations, or CAFOs. And these cows, they don't live on pasture. They don't graze on grass, but rather are stored in feedlots, brought a steady diet of corn and grain. And by the way, cows were not designed to eat corn from chemically treated crops. And when soil is treated with chemicals, the plants require more irrigation, which means a lot more water, because chemically treated soil can't hold as much water as healthy soil, soil that's rich with organic matter. And I've, I've shared this statistic before, healthy soil alive and rich with this organic matter, with microbiology, can hold and grip up to a thousand times more water than soil that's been treated with chemicals. So you can say the problem on water in feedlots are twofold. First, the cow is eating too much blue water in the corn and other grain served to them in their feed. And when I say blue water, 
I'm referring to water that comes from underground resources and reservoirs like groundwater and aquifers. Water that we're using faster than rain and snowmelt are replenishing. This is a water we want to eat less of because our current thirst for blue water is unsustainable. And I break down the color designation of water more in a previous episode called Why Knowing the Color of Water Will Change the Way You Shop. And I recommend taking a listen to that episode if you haven't already. And there are big problems on what comes out of the cow. The amount of waste accumulated in dairies in the county of Tulare, California, the producer of the most milk of any county in the United States, is five times more than the sewage from the New York metro area. So check this out. 450,000 dairy cows in Tulare produce more sewage than 21 million humans in New York. So that brings me back to the small pasture-raised organic dairy operation, which I am urging you to support when you reach for milk every time at the grocery store. Because while it's important to know what's not working, like the, the, the massive feedlots and the waste that it's producing, I always like to bring my attention to what is working. I focus on what I want more of, both in my activism and in my life. And it works. These episodes are about promoting what we can do more. How can we grow well-being? So understanding what the issues are and what's causing the problem, and then focusing on where can we bring about solutions? Who can we partner with? What type of farmers and agricultural methods are working to do the right thing and to really work in alignment with the things that we want, which is a healthy environment, more nutritious food, clean water for all people, abundant resource of water that's here for us and the generations that follow. I was going to introduce the idea of holistic manage or rotational grazing, but I'm going to save that for a future episode because it, it really is a fascinating solution. Farmers grow animals in alignment with nature, and it really deserves its own episode. So I'm going to go ahead and put a pin on that one for now. Throughout this podcast, I'm offering action tips, shopping tips of what types of foods, or rather what type of agricultural methods we can partner with So we are growing well-being for this planet. And if there's a place to begin, it would be your animal proteins. From a health perspective, you can't wash off milk. If you were to reach, for example, apples that were sprayed, you can wash a lot of the chemical, the pesticide off. You can't wash what has been done to the soil or to the river as a result of growing that apple tree in a conventional manner. But from the consumer perspective, you can wash a lot of the pesticide residue off. But when it comes to milk or other dairy products, 
you can't wash it off. From the environmental perspective, animal proteins are attached to more environmental destruction than any other food group. The next time you reach for your milk, reach for the organic and reach for it every time. I'm going to leave you there. As I end this episode, I want to remind you to download my free guide on summer party planning. This guide is packed with action tips you can utilize to eat less water for your next party, regardless if your party is for four people or 400. So check the show notes for the link to download the guide and receive the bi-weekly Eat Less Water newsletter. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to leave a review. More reviews means this podcast will be shown and recommended to more people. That is how this message will grow with collective energy. Meet me here again every Monday and Wednesday. Bye for now. Let's stay connected. Sign up for my newsletter and receive more tips in your inbox weekly and 15% off your first purchase at the Eat Less Water shop. You can also find me on your favorite social media space at Eat Less Water. Please remember to hit subscribe and leave a review, even if it's only the star rating, because every one of them will increase the chances of other like-minded folks to find us. Thank you for joining me on this journey to eat less water. Together, we will write the story of well-being for this planet we have the privilege to call home. Meet you back here every Monday and Wednesday. There is power in the collective. Thank you.